This is Novel Marketing, the longest-running book marketing podcast in the world. I'm James L. Rubart, but you can call me Jim. I'm Thomas Umstead, Jr. And in this episode, we're going to talk to you guys about book marketing milestones and how knowing what they are for you will help you focus on what matters most in this moment. So, Thomas, why should people listen to this episode? Because it's important to know what to work on next. I think a lot of authors waste a lot of time uh, working on the wrong thing uh, when what they're working on will just get changed, right? They're, They're building something that they're not going to use yet or they don't need yet. And by the time they do need it, it's what how they're going to need is going to be different. And so working on the right thing at the right time is a key to getting to success faster. Okay. I like that. So instead of building, you build a path and then you figure out, oh, I don't need that path yet. You go build another path. By the time you get back to that path, it's a little bit overgrown. Why not just build the right path from the start? That's right. And uh, this episode comes from a listener question. Now, it's not a voicemail question. We're, we're wanting to get some more uh, voicemail questions. So do call our listener helpline at 512-827-8377. And I know you won't remember that number, and it's okay. Just scroll down in your app, and we have uh, the number right down uh, below in your app. So you can just tap it and call us with your cell phone that you're listening on right now. But we take text questions, too. And this question comes from... From Becca Kinsey, who asked, First, your podcast has been extremely helpful, and I look forward to each of your episodes. Becca, thank you for saying that. So thank you for taking the time to do it. My biggest irritation when it comes to marketing is, yes, I realize I have to do it. But more so, when to do it. Are there milestones a beginning writer should reach before building a website, for example, or before starting a newsletter? I feel like there's a lot of pressure to dive right in and start gaining followers, But in the same way, I wouldn't want to send a proposal in that's not ready. I don't want to build a platform that's not ready. Great question, Becca. Uh, This is a really uh, important question. And part of the reason there's so much confusion on this topic is that the milestones are different, whether you're writing fiction or nonfiction. And oftentimes, when the advice is given at conferences or on podcasts or in blogs, there's an assumption by the writer that you write one or the other. And often that assumption is not stated. And so you may be getting advice that you think applies to you, but really it applies to nonfiction. Uh, so we um, may have a little bit of a differing opinion, but we've put together some milestones, both for fiction and nonfiction. And since this is the novel marketing podcast, we're going to do fiction first. <laughs> so, Jim, uh, what is the first marketing milestone for fiction? The first marketing milestone is discover and define who you are. And this goes back to my branding belief that we have to know the theme of our lives. So we have to know where we want to focus before we do anything else. And a number of you have heard of what I do, where if you tell me your five favorite movies, I can tell you the theme of your life. And I believe, Thomas, we have talked about that in the past. So people are able to go back. And before we put out the show notes, we'll go back and link to that episode. But The bottom line is, if you're just going off half-cocked and you don't really understand what you're all about, what defines you, what motivates you, what your passion is, what the theme of your life is, who you are at your core identity, then everything else is just, that's the foundation you have to start from. So I encourage people when I consult with them one-on-one to discover that first, that that's the very first step and everything else flows out of that. 
Because if you get this wrong, a lot of people write their first book only to realize that it's out of sync with who they've discovered that they are as a part of writing the book. And it ended up being a very, very time expensive way of discovering something that could have been discovered a lot faster. It's like spending two years at college majoring in the wrong thing. It's like, congratulations, you now know what you don't want to do and you're $40,000 in debt. It's like it would have been a lot cheaper to find out that you don't want to do that thing without taking two years of college uh, learning about it. And, and the same goes with this part of your career. Find out who you are. Jim, what are some ways to do that? Um, other than listing our fa- five favorite movies, what are some ways to kind of quickly or at least some questions to ask to start exploring that? Well, uh, and back to my uh, thing about it's impossible to read the label when you're standing inside the bottle. You need to get with other people and you need to talk to them. You and I were doing this before we started the show, Thomas, where you're, Jim, I really see this passion in your life. I see that your eyes light up or you made this choice and you talked to me about a choice just a few minutes ago that I hadn't even noticed I'd made, but it was a real clear indicator of where my passion lies in a particular area. And so I would get together with others and say, what do you see that lights me up? What kind of stories do you see that light me up? What, where do I really get excited? When do I start kind of nodding off? And so the first thing I would do is get with people you trust that have insight into your life that care about you and ask them those questions. All right. So that's the first marketing milestone. Discover and define who you are. Now, Jim, what do you have as your second uh, marketing milestone for fiction? <laughs> it's not the same as yours, Thomas. So, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> so once you define those things and you're really starting to get a feel for who you are about, I say build your website then. Thomas, you disagree. I do. So I think that it's a little too early uh, to build the website uh, because there's nothing to put on the website yet. So you can talk about yourself, but why would anyone want to visit a website that's all about you? It's like, here's my about page. Here's some photos of me. Here's a contact form. There's no substance yet uh, to put on the website. The act of making the website could be helpful in part one, discovering and defining who you are, because you may think you know who you are and you start trying to build a website that describes it for somebody else and you realize that there's some blanks. So I totally would uh, concede on that. But uh, for me, I would see the next marketing milestone as being uh, writing a short story, and which leads into the next one, which is to write your first book. If you're writing fiction, uh, the most important marketing milestones are um, developing your craft before you really start marketing. Jim, your thoughts. Yeah, and I would say, I would say not even write, I would say, I agree with you, write a short story, but not write the first book. I would say write a short story, then write another short story, then write another short story. Because at that point, you are experimenting now that you've defined yourself and really understand what the theme of your life is, you get to explore it in a number of short stories rather than exploring it in a book, which takes all this time and energy. It's back to your university analogy, Thomas. A book is a four-year degree, and then you go, oh, I don't want this degree. Whereas a short story might be a summer class or, or maybe two classes in your freshman year. And that's why I think exploring your identity, what your theme is, the things you really love to write about can be accomplished in two or three short stories out of the gate. And back to the website thing, I think the reason you build your website is because if you do discover the theme of your life and the things that really light you up, you can start blogging and posting on your website and you can even develop content on your site that's not about you. It's about those themes and you're drawing other people into those themes um, 
if it resonates with them. In other words, say you you discover my theme is all about freedom or I, or bringing people into identity. Then you start blogging on that. You'd start explaining to people how you can discover your identity, how you can discover the theme of your life. And so it's not about you, but you get to practice, as you said, and I agree with you there. You get to practice with that website, see what's working, see what's not working. Uh, it's a time where probably a lot of people are not even visiting your website. So you can do a lot of experimenting without uh, you know, hurting yourself in terms of people thinking that's your brand. And uh, the way you have this is you build the website at step two, uh, and then you have refining the website later. And I do like, in terms of the milestones, the idea of seeing a website as an ongoing, evolving um, living creature rather than a brochure that you pay a lot of money to get built one time and then don't touch for multiple years. I think that's a real mistake. You need to be able to tweak and update your website as you grow as an author. And I will say the whole writing short stories um, part of this, you may be like, why are we talking so much about short stories? For those of you going through the five-year plan, you know why. <laughs> because one of the best shortcuts of becoming a better writer faster is to write short stories as drills to work on specific areas of your writing and make them stronger. If you're weak with dialogue, you write a short story focusing on dialogue. If you're weak on showing and telling, you write a short story focusing on that, and it helps you get so much better. And we've had incredible feedback from our students going through the five-year plan that the short stories and the books that they're reading are transforming their writing in ways they weren't expecting. And some of them, uh, now this isn't in the plan, but we don't, we're not going to punish them for this. I've gotten those short stories published. <laughs> they're like, no, you're, 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 you're getting, you're, you're outside of the five-year plan, but it's, it's fine. You know, if somebody wants to pay you money to publish a short story you wrote as practice, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. It, it really is uh, powerful. So just to kind of summarize, number one, define, uh, discover and define who you are. Number two, build your website according to Jim's uh, model. Uh, number three, write a short story. Uh, number four, write your first book. Uh, in, by short story, you could write multiple if you're doing the five-year plan. And then you have writing more short stories. And then, Jim, you have number six, refine who you are. How is this different than defining who you are? It's sanding off the rough rough edges. It's maybe bolting on something that you didn't know was there or needed to be there. I will admit I'm definitely a seat-of-the-pants writer where I discover as I go. My story reveals itself to me as I write it. And maybe I'm applying my own biases here, but I think you – I think people will discover more of who they are and more of the depth of who they are as they're going through the process of writing these short stories and their first book. And then at that point, you re you refine and you go, wait a minute, I thought I was all about this. And I am, but I'm also about this. And so that's a chance to reevaluate who you are, what the theme of your life is, what you're passionate about, what you want to go after. You take that, you refine yourself, and then you will refine and rebuild your website or polish your website may be another way to say it at that point. Yes, because uh, um, refining your website is really important. So um, we'll have seven uh, steps. Milestone seven is refine your website or, if you're following the Thomas model, build your website for the first time. <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll end the show notes. We'll have, uh, we'll have yeah, we'll have, have these, uh, the, the, the discuss, the debate. We know you listeners love it when Jim and I uh, disagree on things. So we try to find areas where we don't exactly see eye to eye. Keep it in the show, not work it out ahead of time. Uh, so the next milestone, and this happens very quickly after after building uh, the website, and that is so starting an email list. So it's signing up for MailChimp or MailerLite, um, 
I wouldn't start with ConvertKit unless you have a lot of money and you just want to go straight to ConvertKit. ConvertKit is easier to use, and if you start with them, you never have to go through the hassle of moving to them. But they're they don't have a free plan, so you're going to start paying a lot of money right at, right at first. But it doesn't matter who you go with. You start that email list and you put signups for your email list on your website. And uh, so you can start building that email list because regardless of what happens next, the bigger that email list is, the more successful you're going to be. Whether you're going traditional or independent, email list is key. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then uh, the next step is to build a landing page. <laughs> so uh, we just talked in the last episode about building landing pages, which we actually recorded that episode so that we could reference it in this episode, <laughs> believe it or not. We're like, we've never talked about landing pages. That should be a topic that we talk about. Uh, and so if you haven't yet, go back and listen to it. it just happened last week. Um, and on that landing page, you feature your best short story. So you've written hopefully multiple short stories at this point. You take your best short story, you get it edited. You get a professional cover for it, and now you have something to offer people when they come to your website or as you're promoting on social media or at events or talking to people one-on-one. -on -one, you send them to that landing page that promotes the reader magnet. You also could, if you wanted to, um, put this reader magnet right on the homepage. So you just say, go to myname.com, and I've got um, the, a free short story that you can download. And that way, uh, you're getting people onto your email list. And you are uh, introducing people to your writing without having to wait for anyone to say yes to you. <laughs> so if you're writing, if you're going traditional, the process of getting an agent and getting published is very time consuming. And you need to be building your email list during that time. Uh, and the reader magnet landing page combination is really powerful. And we've done episodes. We just did an episode on landing pages. We also did an episode on reader magnets. Uh, we'll have links uh, to those in the show notes. So just scroll down for the links. Jim, what's the next uh, milestone? Next milestone at that point would be to write your second book. Start into that. The majority of novelists, and by majority, Thomas, I'm going to pull this statistic off the top of my head, so correct me, but it's, you know, it's 80, 90% of novelists have two or three novels in the drawer that never see the light of day. And so you need to go through that process of writing novels to learn how to write a novel. You need to build a house to be able to really understand what building a house is about. So start into writing that second novel. So at this point, we're going to, this is the marketing milestones, not the publishing, like be successful at writing milestones. But at some point in this process, either the first novel or the second novel is published. It's available on Amazon to buy. This is where you transition into uh, marketing, um, like book promotion milestones rather than platform building milestones. So the next milestone is advertising. If you're indie published, I would say it's advertising. And if you're traditionally published, it's PR. Uh, so you, if you're traditionally published, you can't really do advertising. It's either completely not available to you like it is on Amazon or it's just financially it's not feasible like it is on Facebook. Um, whereas you do have more access to the media. You're more likely to get booked on TV. You're more likely to get booked on radio. And so you're, uh, that should be your focus is, is per, um, public relations, PR, interacting with journalists. Uh, we talk about how to do this in other episodes. We'll have more episodes coming up on how to do uh, PR. And we have done a lot of episodes on advertising. <laughs> it's one of our most popular topics of 2018 was uh, author advertising. We've had three or four different experts on talking about advertising. And this is a key milestone for indies. It's when the flip is switched from hobbyist 
who's trying to spend as little money as possible to professional who is strategically spending money to make even more money. And uh, this is like the milestone that I, I see as kind of separating the people who are going to make it from those who aren't. And because if, um, if your book doesn't fit a market, right, if you haven't done the work to become a, a good writer and find an audience that your book resonates with, advertising is going to fail for you and you're not going to be able to check this milestone off the list. You're going to spend money and you're going to get back less than you spent. And uh, if that's you, go through the five-year plan because something got missed. Some step got missed and you don't know what it is. And going through the five-year plan, you'll find out and like, oh, I never did that. And like, maybe that's why my book isn't working. And, and when you go through and check the boxes, you'll find those areas that, uh, that need work. Um, and so that's the you know, step 12 is advertising PR. And we have these all listed out in the show notes. And then the final milestone and this milestone covers every other thing <laughs> from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> this covers podcasting. This covers blogging. This covers all the different tactics. And you'll notice we don't put any other tactics on here because it, the answer is it depends on you. Tactics that work for another author may not work for you based off your strengths, your weaknesses, your book, your genre, etc. And that is experiment. So what separates uh, the good authors from the mediocre authors in terms of book sales, and, and especially when it comes to marketing, is experimentation. Are you doing science? Are you approaching marketing with a scientific perspective? If you're podcasting, are you podcasting and measuring that podcasting? If you are doing social media are you measuring the social media and not vanity metrics like likes and engagement but actual sales am i selling books through all of this instagramming that i'm doing if you're experimenting uh, you will find out and you'll be able to figure out what's next and this is the final milestone you know you have achieved the top of the mountain success as an author <laughs> when you are experimenting when you've got um the tests that you've done and you've learned uh, because as you do your own experiments you will learn things that no one else knows about marketing in general but specifically you'll learn things about your books that no one else knows and this is where you really can get into the fun bits where you're making lots and lots of money well and it's a wonderful moment when you try something that you're you have no idea if it's going to work but it feels right and and you end up trying it and it does work and it's something you came up with on your own that's a great feeling because that's now you're running your own business now you're truly an entrepreneur so don't don't be afraid to to, to take those chances and then track the results. And if it works, um, you do it again. That's how a lot of uh, marketed innovations in the author arena have come about. It's just somebody saying, I think this might work. And they, they gave it a shot. If you wait for the case study, you're too late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, that's not always true, uh, but it sometimes is. Okay. So we've talked about fiction. Now we're going to talk about nonfiction and nonfiction has a simpler list of milestones. And I don't think Jim and I disagree on any of these milestones uh, because we both believe uh, the first milestone is discover and define who you are. Exact same process for nonfiction than it is for fiction. You're going to get different answers, but you have to go through that same um, process of discovering and asking the question, why am I writing this book and who am I writing this book for? Those are vague. You can't really move on. Uh, and what book am I writing? Basically, you go through all the question words. How am I going to write it? <laughs> uh, and it will help you uh, figure out who you are. And then the second step, and Jim, you and I both agree on this, is to build a website. 
Yeah. And a blog specifically if you're doing nonfiction, because the website and blog are key because for nonfiction, the platform and the marketing come before the book writing. And uh, what I recommend is that you on your website, you have a blog or a podcast or video. If you're targeting a younger audience on your topic regularly, and then you're promoting those content pieces, let's say the blog posts here. So you're bl- promoting those blog posts one on one. You're finding real life human beings that that blog post is for, and you're sharing it with them one on one. This is often more powerful than blasting it to all of your followers on Facebook is to Facebook message it to just one person. You can do it to more than one person, but you're doing them one at a time and you're getting feedback from those people one on one. And you're also watching to see if that person you shared it with shares it on their own without you asking them, because that's an indication that you're starting to write the sorts of posts that resonate with an audience. Jim? Think of it like you're a speaker and you're going around to these venues and you're speaking and you're con- you're getting feedback from people. You're seeing which bits go over really well and which bits the audience's eyes glaze over. And after a, a, a certain amount of time and you start to build this reputation of, of these talks, somebody's going to come up and go, do you have a book? Well, yeah. I, I'm, that's in the works and I am going to write a book because you've got all this feedback now on what works and what doesn't. So think of it that way. You might not be giving speeches, but in a sense you are because you're doing a blog. That's a kind of a speech or a podcast or a video. You are putting the content out there. And that's why it's so great to do this ahead of time because you get, uh, immediate feedback from your potential readers ahead of time before you've written the book. It hones your ideas, it hones your writing, it hones your understanding. It is just so powerful blogging ahead of time. And if you're afraid that if you blog on your topic ahead of time, people aren't going to read your book when it comes out because they've already read your blog, you don't understand how it works. That's like saying people aren't going to watch your movie because they've already read the novel the movie was based on. Blogs and books are different. And you can take blog posts, and by the time they turn into chapters, they are so different, they are so transformed that it's worth rereading for your fans um, because it is a, a fundamentally different uh, creation, just like a movie is. You know, I loved the movie for the Lord of the Rings. I also love the book for Lord of the Rings. And you know what? They were different, and I loved them both <laughs> like they were my children. <laughs> um, I, if if you put a gun in my head and said, "Why do I like the which do I love more?" It would be hard to tell you because I thought they were both excellently done. Other books, it's easier. <laughs> Sometimes the movie is not nearly as good as the book. Sometimes the movie is better. But anyway, that is neither here nor there. Uh, the next milestone, number four, is start an email list. And again, I I see um, building a website, blogging on your topic and starting the email list. These are all bing, bing, bing. Um, You want to have that email list. And what you want to do is connect your blog to your email provider and MailChimp, MailerLite, and ConvertKit all offer this uh, where new new blog posts go out as emails automatically. And initially, that's all the offer. So sign up for my email newsletter and get new blog posts delivered to you automatically. And you'll know you're doing well with your blog posts. You're connecting with your audience on your topic. They're seeing you as an expert when that is all you have to ask. And they say, yes, I want more of this. I enjoyed what I read so much. I want the next one to come to me automatically. Uh, and so while with fiction, you create that reader magnet right away with nonfiction, you don't necessarily create the reader magnet right away because the blogs are their own reader magnet. Now, the next step is to create a reader magnet. But my recommendation here is to wait a little bit until you know what will make a good reader magnet. 
And the easiest way to do this is after you've written 100 blog posts, look at your most popular post. In, there will be one at that point that's way more popular than the others, if you're like most bloggers I've worked with. And then you ask, how can I expand that most popular post into a PDF that people would be willing to give their email address to get? And you create something of substance, a tip sheet, a printable, a guide. Um, the uh, variety of reader magnets for nonfiction is much broader um, than it is for fiction. For fiction, it's pretty much always a short story. Uh, sometimes it's something different. Like if you're James L. Rubart and you're a musician and you write a song <laughs> that goes along with your book, you can give away that song. But for most of you, I don't think that's you. <laughs> you haven't like recorded a song in your home studio that you're giving away to subscribers. <laughs> um, whereas, but for nonfiction, there's a lot more variety. There's a lot more things you can put in that PDF that people would be willing uh, to download and get. And a lot of times people are scared of giving away their best content. In other words, you write this killer blog post, you're getting a lot of action on it, a lot of comments on it. It's like, oh, I don't want to give away the secret sauce and you know really get into the depth of what I was saying. Don't worry about that. If they love it, they're going to want to come back for more. So give the good stuff and say you're into time management and that's what you're teaching. Make your PDF. If you've gotten good response on a blog post about time management, you're going to Tell them the 10 ways to absolutely take control of your life in the next three days. If they're into it, they're going to give the email address. You're going to give them great content, and they're going to become even more attracted to what you have to offer. All right. So you have now gone through these milestones. You've been blogging on your topic. You've got enough blog posts to know what your best blog post is. You created a reader magnet. And once you created that reader magnet, the number of email subscribers uh, coming in every week is going way up and you're starting to move and groove. Now it is time to write the book. <laughs> so for nonfiction, the book comes out of an area of expertise that you've already developed. So you know, you're writing the book a lot later on in the process. And I'll kind of include in the writing the book is a book proposal and query letter and all of that if you're going traditional. But kind of we're assuming this again, this is not the how to write a book podcast or the marketing milestones podcast. The, you do a lot of the marketing ahead of time. And this is why nonfiction often uh, it doesn't fail as badly. So if, so if you look at the distribution of sales, nonfiction books are less likely to be sensational bestsellers where like everyone is reading the book, right? They're, they're less likely to be a Harry Potter level of success, but they're also less likely to completely strike out. So there's a lot more nonfiction books in that kind of middle class of base hits where it wasn't a home run, but it brought in a good number of sales, especially if you're following this method. You already have an audience of people who are ready to buy the book and you almost have a guaranteed hit. It's not a guaranteed home run. There's a lot more that goes into hitting a home run than getting a base hit. But you've you've got the thing set up so that you have a guaranteed uh, base hit on your hands. And, if, you know, if you keep working it, right, that book comes out and you keep blogging and you take all of the attention from the book. You start to get PR and keep blogging, you build your platform. After a while, you can get to the point where you're the level of guru who's hitting home runs regularly. But even super gurus don't ha hit home runs every time. <laughs> so, um there's no uh, there's no guarantees when it comes uh, to home runs with book sales, but it is a little bit different if for nonfiction how much later in the process you write the book. Jim, what's the next step? Same as before. Same as before. You're going to advertise. You're going to put your money uh, where your mouth is, and you're going to start getting the word out there, and you're going to start experimenting with Amazon ads. You're going to start experimenting to see what works and what doesn't as far as reactions to your book. Uh, you're launching that book. You're, you're, that's the moment where you're really getting in the game, as, as Thomas said before. 
and then the final is experiment as uh, jim just said uh, just like just like with fiction so not all of the steps are different it starts the same <laughs> and it ends the, ends same, the same but the journey in the middle uh, is very different um our sponsor today is the five year plan to becoming a best-selling novelist this is our most popular course and uh, we should give a heads up. We've, we actually were pl- doing some strategy today, kind of planning off you know the next year. And this course is going to get more expensive and it's going to get more comprehensive. We're talking about uh, making other courses. Some of those courses that we may make in the future, we're going to include for free in novel marketing. And the plan is for the five-year plan to become like our signature course, or at least this is what we're discussing right now, where it's going to be a lot more expensive, like thousands of dollars, but we're not raising the price yet. And all of the things we will add or planning, thinking about adding will be included for people who buy now. So this is just a, a heads up. Uh, this cool things are going to happen with a five-year plan. And if you want to lock in the current price or the patrons only price, which is half, uh, go to novelmarketing.com forward slash courses um, to, to get it now uh, while it's still cheap. And Thomas, we didn't talk about this, but we'll figure out some way um, for folks who have already purchased the course uh, in the past uh, to participate in that as well. Yeah, all the all the new stuff will go to the people who've purchased this in the past, just like what we did with the um, the course that we added uh, last year on how to start a writer's group. Right? If you want to start a writer's group, whether it's online or in person, we have a course on how to do that. You can buy separately, but it's included for free for all of the five-year plan folks, regardless of when you bought. So if you bought at the yep. very beginning, you still got that course added. Uh, so we're not going to be like doing a five-year plan, five-year plan version two that's separate <laughs> right. from version one. Once you're in, you're in. Um, and and you get all the new stuff uh, when it gets added. All right. Who's our featured patron? This week, it's Deborah B. Diaz with her book, Woman of Sin. Alicia of Athens is sold into slavery during the turbulent reign of Tiberius Caesar. When she runs away, she finds herself in the battle-torn land of Palestine, where her life is forever changed. Deborah, thank you so much for being a patron, and we will have a link in the show notes if you want to check out her book, Woman of Sin. All right. So last episode, we recorded live, which is why it may have sounded a little bit different. There was a lot of room noise. We were trying to hide from the recording. Uh, Jim, what were some of the highlights from the OCW conference? Oh, well, there, there were you know, four of us from our mastermind group there, and we had a chance to, to hang out. I really love doing that. Uh, Susie Warren and I host the uh, Cascade Awards every year. We MC that, and that was just a blast doing that with her. Uh, what people might realize is when Susie and I are up there, some of it's scripted, but a lot of it is improv and we're just playing off of each other. And our theme this year was back to the future. And it was just, it's just, it's just a treat to do that with her. So yeah, so those were the biggest highlights for me. It's, it's always meeting new people, getting to know them, uh, seeing old friends. Conferences for me these days, Thomas is like a family reunion where you like every member of your family. (laughs) Yeah, it was it was fun to get to see you in your element and and surrounded by uh, people who who are familiar with you and are big fans of you. It was uh, it was it was it was cool to cool to watch and uh, I enjoyed enjoyed being there. Um, we have a big announcement next week. It's maybe the biggest announcement ever on the podcast. Uh, so you want to make sure and tune in next week for that announcement. 
And a reminder, if you have a question you would like us to answer or make into a show topic, please call our listener helpline. It's 512-827-8377. 512-827-8377. And you can send us a high-quality recording if you'd rather do it that way on novelmarketing.com slash contacts. You've been listening to uh, James L. Rubart, but I hear you can call him Jim, and Thomas Umstadt Jr. on the Novel Marketing Podcast, giving you innovative ideas on how to promote yourself and your writing offline, online, and everywhere in between. Thanks for listening.